Well, here we are. This is the Keep Hammering Collective Roadshow Edition. And we're in Michael Chandler's studio. Thank yeah. you. Nashville, Tennessee, man. Just I got know. a little workout in. Oh, man. Well, you invited me out to, you know, Springfield, Oregon. Yeah. So it's good to have you here in Nashville. Well, thank you for letting me use this. And we can uh, get an update and a recap on we had an awesome workout, a little bit out of my normal. Mm -hmm. Normal, I, I told your trainer, what's his name? Jeremy. Jeremy, yeah. Yep. Stud. That was fun. But I told him, like, my normal warm-up is just to run slow. Yeah. <laughs> and then start running a little faster, and then you're running. Yeah. That's my warm-up. Just go out the door. Yeah. yeah. Just go out the door and start moving, and then just go into it. And then today, we were doing, like, the band walks and the... Mm man it's the little stuff like that it's a little stuff like that where you think because you got the big muscles and you got the big muscle groups and the stuff you get used to but then you put these little bands on your, around your ankles and your glutes are on fire and you want to yeah. rip it in half and tell coach to never do it again you you <laughs> learned that from connor probably right i did absolutely <laughs> i learned it from him he's no. great at warming up yeah. and working out <laughs> no we t we're you know i mean is that the most talked about fight that still hasn't happened probably well Maybe Ferguson could be, a lot of people wanted that fight, but yeah. this one has to be like right there. Well, for sure. And the hard part about it too, for me is obviously as an athlete, you're always, you always have a fight. If either you don't have a fight scheduled and you're just kind of out there doing updates, Hey, mm -hmm. life is good. Hanging with the family or working on this business venture. But this one, this one has been so long. We, it got announced that me versus Connor for the ultimate fighter back in February mm -hmm. of last year or you know, February of this year. And then now we're still not going to fight now until 2024. So it's been this one fight and I've really held off on doing a lot of interviews because what am I going to do? Go on Ariel Hawani or go on yeah. one of these other shows and be like, well, still don't have a fight date, you know, still yeah. don't have it confirmed. I mean, obviously there's a lot of speculation that it's going to happen. You know, this, it we're, we're announced all the way up till March and I'm hoping that I'm the announcement April, you know, I know, you know we'll see whenever that is. So, it's been a long, long time coming, but I've, it's given me an opportunity to the best year of my life, spending time with my family, working on myself, mm -hmm. getting ready for what is to come. You know, yeah. sometimes you need that season of preparation leading up to the greatest moment of opportunity. And that's really what this is going to be. Yeah. But you probably would have preferred it sooner, right? I, I mean, would, yeah. <laughs> the original plan was like, you know, get done with the fight or get mm -hmm. done with the, the show. And in, in August was when it was going to be. And then we could fight, you know, September, October, November around yeah. this time. but. Here we are. Yeah. I mean, I know it all sounds good. Hey, spending time with the family, doing all this, that, but you're a fighter. Yeah. And you yeah. want to, you want to get in the octagon and put on a show. And plus Connor obviously is a, is a big event. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? You're a showman. It's, it's prize fighting. Yeah. So it's like to show what you can do against one of the biggest names in combat sports is like, uh, I don't know how long waiting this long must be tough. Yeah, it is. It, you know, it, it's, it's been, and I, yeah, I'd be lying if I said there wasn't moments where like, man, this is the, where you want to pick up the call phone and call Dana and call Hunter, but they're going to give you the same exact answer. Hey, we already mm -hmm. told you, you know, we're looking like this timeline, you know, it's not public yet necessarily, but that's what they've been, you know, and, and we, and as we talked about too, I mean, I am one of the big stars, one of the guys who will put yeah. butts in seats, one of the guys who can be on these big pay-per-views they're not going to hold me out if yeah. this fight isn't happening so the fight is happening i've had the i've had that assurance that it's going to happen in the confident expectancy that's that it's going to happen um but yeah like you said it's it's hard to train you know even like guys like us like obviously it's it's hard it's still hard for me to train when there's not an exact date yet mm -hmm. even though there is an opponent 
timeline. Um, I find myself, you know, hey, I'm going to just work out because I need to work out because I want to stay yeah. young. I want to stay in shape. I want to stay dangerous. Um, but it'd be nice to have that that fight date. But I have been focused on working on a lot of business stuff outside the cage and just being a, trying to be a father, trying to be a husband, yeah. trying to find deeper deeper roots and, and deeper layers of myself during this time because, you know, give a man – uh, you know, give a man that fight date and give him that thing to strive for. He can be f laser focused, but take him away from that to not have something to to, uh, to really focus on. Mm -hmm. And then and then you kind of start to see little chinks in your armor. I've started yeah. to see versions of myself or thinking of myself when I'm not having that that bullseye to, to aim for that date to aim for. Yeah. But I say, okay, I need to take stock in this and, and really work on these different layers of myself. It's probably. Uh, useful too because I mean you're not going to fight forever mm -hmm. so this is, could be a little intro into when you're done fighting retirement type life yeah. of how are you going to stay busy yeah. you know of course you're going to work out but yeah I mean it, it's probably a good test run for that also um, I was wondering though how hard is it because every time I see Connor's name he's always talking about fighting somebody else mm -hmm. and it's like oh I want to get he wants to fight Poirier he wants to fight I don't even know probably Gagey, probably go Gagey, up to 185. Adesanya, yeah. he calls them all out. I mean, yeah, it's Islam. Yep. And it's like, what? Are, how, you're not fighting anybody, and now you say you want to fight 10 other guys, yeah. plus he needs to fight you. It's like, what is he doing? Yeah, well, it, honestly, and and Dana came out on a on a press conference and says he likes to F with everybody, yeah. you know, especially his opponent. The number one person that he wants to mess with is me. Mm -hmm. So if if he knows he's fighting me next... Of course, he want, he doesn't want to talk about me. He wants to talk about everyone else to get me antsy to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Hunter, he's talking about Gaethje. Hey, yeah. uh, hey, Dana, he's just calling about Islam. That's not going to happen, right? Yeah. He wants me over here. Same thing. They're all in on it. Yeah. Coach Kavanaugh's <laughs> in on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, now they're they're talking about timeline. They're talking about July and all these different things. And yeah. Is it true or is it not true? Is because they know that the the waters can get muddy, the communication mm -hmm. can get you know sideways, or the communication can be the lack there lack thereof mm -hmm. um, can kind of make you go a little bit crazy. And I've said this too. I mean, I think I think there's some other other fights that Connor would rather take than me because I'm a, a tough fight. Yeah, the guy that he has to come back his road back to the UFC goes through one guy, and mm -hmm. that's me. Mud water is something I've been using daily since I started the podcast. It's supposed to be an alternative to coffee, but I actually add it to mine for some extra health benefits. It's got four functional mushrooms and with only a little caffeine, and each ingredient was added for a purpose. Cacao and chai for a hint of caffeine and hot chocolate-like flavor. Lion's mane for focus. Cordyceps to promote natural energy. It's also Whole30 approved, 100% USDA certified organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, and kosher. Mudwater donates monthly to support psychedelic research and has since day one. They believe the country is in a mental health epidemic and that psychedelic-assisted therapy is one of the most effective tools we have to treat mental health conditions. Today, you get $20 off when you subscribe at mudwater.com cam. You also get a free frother and a sample of their delicious coconut creamer. So go to mudwater.com cam to get $20 off your subscription and your free frother. That's mudwater.com slash cam. So if he waits me out long enough, maybe I do get antsy. I'm like, forget this. I'm going to fight one of the other top five guys and go toward that title. But I've made my decision. I've, I'm sticking to that. The fight that I want is Connor. Mm -hmm. um, 
and the fight that you know he needs to come back and take is me but they're all in on it you know he wants <laughs> well, to throw people off the scent as much as possible i would if i was <clears throat> you too i would like have that chip on your shoulder everybody's against me because mm -hmm. it's like that's how we operate better at that yeah. right you know everybody's against, everybody's screwing with me you know fuck them all we're gonna whatever but i do think seriously Connor would much rather fight somebody else. Yeah. And he's actually shown his hand a little bit talking about, I know I've seen where he said UFC doesn't, doesn't help anybody on a comeback, like from injury, they give, you know, like it'd be better to have a lower ranked opponent to get back into it. He said something like mm -hmm. that too. So I know he's looking at you going, God, mm -hmm. I got to fight this freaking guy yep. coming right back from two years off. Yep. And he'll talk about his titanium shin bone and all this, but you know, uh, maybe a kick to that bends that shin bone and then what yeah then it's yeah it's gonna be uh one kick to that would probably be very pain it could be very painful for me as well because obviously he's got the titanium in there but man i mean i'm sure he's out there i do see him training you know we kind of talked about this he, he's out there he's training or at least he's he's posting the stuff that is he's he's training so it's good to see him it's good to see him kind of back in the gym and not yeah. just in the the places that are not good for for yeah. the career um no he looked terrible for a while <laughs> terrible i mean it was just like it was almost disappointing i'm a fan mm -hmm. you know i'm a fan of the of the sport for sure i'm like the ultimate fan and to see him all puffy and drinking it's just like felt like as a fan such a waste mm -hmm. you know to look at that so i do he does look more in shape for sure and, and he's training and yeah, I want to see you guys fight. Yeah, well, and then and then getting back in the USADA testing pool, you know, obviously mm -hmm. him, that was the that was the big step. I mean, you can't say, you know, the UFC is keeping me from my livelihood, or I want to fight, I want to be active, blah blah blah. But there's a prerequisite called getting back into the USADA testing pool. Unless you do that, you haven't done step one to then have the merit to say, okay, now they're holding me out. You mm -hmm. know, so now once he did that. And that was last month, uh, back in October. So now he's been in the USADA testing pool. So obviously his comeback is imminent. Yeah. He's back yeah. in There's the testing timeline. pool. There's a timeline. Um, so that was good to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think going back to kind of fighting someone else, it's like he agreed to this thing with me and then that attaches us to the next fight. And maybe at one point he thought, man, maybe I don't want to fight this guy, anymore. Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I don't like to say that kind of stuff because I, I don't think at all Connor's afraid of me. I don't, I think Connor stepped up against Khabib who was the, who was the most unbeatable guy yeah. uh, in the entire world back then. Um, he likes the big fights. He wants the big fights. He wants to, uh, he wants to test himself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's the age old conundrum of, you know, give a man some silk sheets to sleep in and yeah. all the money in the Lamborghini yachts and, timeline might look a little bit different than the guy who's really scraping and clawing for that next paycheck so yeah i think so too and you know so it's all storyline also but if for some reason it didn't happen imagine the storyline you could have like connor ducked me yeah he's so afraid of me so then whatever you could still use it to your advantage yeah i'll still use it my advantage well because then at that at that point you, you think okay well you know we are prize fighters and we want the biggest fight possible but you also just general thoughts of being a human being and be a man of your word do what you say you're going to do yeah. and this is what we said we were going to do mm -hmm. and if you want to change courses that shows a lack of you know integrity to yeah. to move forward with what you what we want to do so then i would just i'd spend it as okay i'm gonna go fight a real fighter yeah I'm gonna call someone out who's in the top five or someone who needs to come back in the ufc or someone who's got a huge name and yeah get toward that that title yeah it's uh no i we could use it for a positive for sure in any way um what would you see if 
you know, when it does happen and be sweet UFC 300. Yeah. I know I've heard you say you go out there first round, put it on them, break them a little bit, then knock them out in the second. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that is so, I mean, how I see him, he likes to, you know, his, the best Connor was light on his feet, but he had that front leg out like a karate stance. Yep. And then he, you know, he's got that leg beat up a little bit the last few fights so do you think that changes or do you think that's just who he is well that's the thing and, and this is what i i because obviously i see you know we see this stuff on social media all the kind of things just like i shining off it's a bunch of people with a bunch of opinions yeah well you can't you know i know i haven't been as active as i normally have i have i have fought two to three times a year my entire career now i'm going to go a year and a half without fighting mm -hmm. but he's three years off gained a lot of weight put on a lot of muscle got heavier hopefully this fight's at 170 i believe Leupold Optics has been providing my binoculars and eyewear for the last few years. I like that it's an Oregon company and they make such high quality glass. That's all I've really used. And if you can't find what you're hunting, it's going to be tough to kill. So Leupold Optics has really played an integral part in my success these last few years. Thank you, Leupold, for supporting the podcast. So is Connor going to be able to move? I mean, not, not, not just the fact that he had the injury, but this time off, mm -hmm. is he going to have that karate stance? Yeah. And a lot of times he starts, he starts off with that kind of bouncy light on his feet, karate stance. And then he starts to get his feet in the mud a little bit, mm -hmm. slow down, still a good, still a good fast counter puncher. Um, but not as dynamic as he was back at 145 when he was fighting Chad Mendez and fighting yeah. Jose Aldo, some of his greatest fights. Plus the greatest performance he ever put on, in my opinion, was in about, it was in November against Eddie Alvarez when he became the double champ. That in and out, um, working the distance between the two, getting Eddie to overextend. I'm sure he sees shades of that. He sees shades of Chad Mendez with me. Um, but I just don't think he's going to have that. He's not going to have – back then he was training nonstop toward a goal. And yeah. then he's taking these couple of years off. So what's his, what's his style going to be? Is it going to be less bouncy? In less karate, more mm -hmm. pro more kind of plotting forward. Um, we're going to be ready for anything. We know he's going to come out southpaw, most likely. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely now because now his his compromised leg, he would want to be his back leg, right? Which, which would be, put him in a southpaw stance. But yeah, I mean, I typical me fashion, getting his face right away, <laughs> getting his face right away. Not spend too much time in that distance because that's where he's really strong. He's, yeah. he's really good with that distance, or at mm -hmm. least he was, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to I want to expect the the best counter striker that we've seen because he still has that hopefully. Yeah, you know, you talked about it's it is a game of not even inches but centimeters because I think I remember in that Eddie fight, was that the one where Eddie threw a punch and it's like he was so measured that it just barely hit his nose mm -hmm. and then he came back with a three-piece combo. Bang, right. Bang, so bang. if you're if you lost a you don't have to lose much for that one that skinned your nose to actually catch you. Yeah. You know, so if you because of training, because of heavier, because maybe your reactions a little because you've been off for three years, maybe that lands and it just doesn't take much. No. It's like a game of centimeters. Especially with this. Especially with this. One, this one <laughs> I right know. Here. This I know. Little, this one's a little bit more powerful than Eddie's. Yeah. But you know, I mean, it's a thing. I mean, it's, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those deals where you know we 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 throw ourselves into the fire and, and see how we come out the other side sometimes. And mm -hmm. to me, it's always been my offense is my defense. And I know I'm. People say I'm hittable and I I get hit too much and these things, of course, but. You know, with a guy like Connor, who where he wants to be in and out, in and out, create that distance, let you bait you into something. Mm -hmm. I just want to get in his face, put my head in his chest, and hit him to the body, hit him to the head, and 
put him in a put him in a real fight. I mean, he hasn't been in a fight, and he will, will not have been in a fight in three years. Um, yeah, and he he was in the driver's seat a lot of that Dustin fight. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to be able to be in the driver's seat with me, you know. And this is be three years off, so it's going to be a it's going to be a fun one, and it's going to be a huge card. And uh, yeah, I, ready for the dang thing to be announced. But I know, and you know, you know, <clears throat> some a star like him, you can't believe your own hype, pretty much. But once you get hit, or get a body kick or it's like all of a sudden there's probably some doubts pretty quick i would mm-hmm. think even right. for the the most mentally strong guys i could imagine like it doesn't take much to be reminded as like oh my god mm-hmm. i'm doing this shit again <laughs> here we are here we are it was all fun and games yeah. and then now we're like okay now we're in a fight you yeah. know and that's and that's where i've always wanted to to bring people also mm-hmm. you know because you can talk about the punches and the kicks and the knees, the elbows and, and all the strikes and all of the um, different techniques. Those are, these are all techniques and these are parts of game plans. But but being in someone's face, putting them into the fire, putting them, making them question themselves inside of the fight. That's right. part of a that's part of the technique. That's part of my strategy. That's part of a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a guy like Connor. People have questioned his his love for the sport or his willingness to engage or come back. I. Maybe it's just me because I know I'm fighting him. I, I want to I want to think that Connor's Connor is fueled more by the doubters and, and the doubts of everybody mm-hmm. that he's going to come up, come and show up at the best version of himself. And I'm ready for that. I'm excited for that. That's that's what I've been looking forward to. That's what I've been visualizing. That's why I've been training so hard. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's going to be it's going to be one of those fights where. It started one of those fights where Joe's there and he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe yeah, it's happening. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think both of us are going to be that. I'm going to be that. Yeah, Connor's going to be that. Cause, for sure. Cause there's probably moments too where he's laying there with a broken leg yeah. thinking, Man, I might not ever get to feel that rush again. And now he's going to get to do it. And it just so happens he's going to run into a buzzsaw named Michael Champ. Well, you know, and you mentioned that people like to criticize you. It's like I've, I've seen him say, you know, you know, fight IQ or, or you get too wild or whatever. But then I look at this like this right here. Yeah. You didn't really plan that, did you? No. I mean, so, yeah, part of your, I don't know, um, part of your superpower basically is on the fly. You're a fighter. Yeah. And you just instinct, instinctually make decisions, and it landed like knockout of the, maybe not of the year that year, but it's like one of the most iconic knockouts over a legend. And that's just like, that happens too. Yeah. So you can't just say like, oh, look, if you would have done this, because then you wouldn't have this. Yeah. If you're all just measured and exactly exactly calculated and following this game plan, it's still a fight and you still are creating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're out there. You're, you're a martial there, artist. Yeah. Yeah. You're a martial artist making mm-hmm. split decision, sp- split second decisions mm-hmm. in the fight. Right. And it's so easy for people on the outside to criticize. And mm-hmm. it's. And it's so easy, you know, it, it's so easy. And, and you've probably done it a thousand times on, on hunts. If mm-hmm. I would have, maybe if we would have went this way a little yeah. bit more, maybe if we would have thought about the Hindsight's wind more, this, right? there's yeah. always the hindsight. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the beautiful thing about life. And it's, and it's a beautiful thing about doing something where the, where the deck is stacked against you or the, the likelihood of, of losing the likelihood of failure is so high because you're doing what 99% of people are so afraid to do. Yeah. And that's why people are drawn to what you do. That's why people are drawn to mixed martial arts. That's why and Dana and, and these guys have built a phenomenal business. But just inherently with what mixed martial arts is, mm-hmm. they were able to just 
spread it out to the world, something that people love so dang much because it doesn't matter if you're a thousand one underdog or a thousand one favorite, you can get knocked out yeah. any given any given moment. You yeah. can get kicked in the liver and your whole body, you know, paralyzes and you can't move for ten seconds and then you get finished. It's it's you're throwing yourself into the fire. You're being tied onto yeah. a tornado and in the in the moment you're just trying to make decisions. You know? Yeah, it's I can't. Pretty, it's pretty I crazy. can't imagine. I mean, I, I love watching it, but you're yeah. right. Everybody fears getting in a fight. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like one of the the greatest fears people have, and you do it for a living in front of the world. Mm -hmm. It's uh, but yeah, people are definitely attracted to it, like moth to a flame for sure. Um, so this Tony, he's fighting on this next card coming up. How do you think that That's fight right. goes? That Patty Pimblet. Man, I uh. I think Patty is one of those guys where he he got the he got the Connor treatment a little bit mm -hmm. a little bit to where he he's phenomenal on the microphone. He's got a cool look. He's he he loves what he's doing. He's smiling. He's dancing. He's got an entire you know his fellow countrymen there yeah. in Liverpool, I believe he's from, um, or somewhere over there. Scouser. Scouser. Yeah. I don't like, know what that is. Whatever, so we know he's a scouser. Scousers don't get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Even though they, he almost did. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you no. Know, so he's got this, he's got this look. Um, and I think he's, uh, you know, and he's been, but he also, he's got unwavering confidence. Right. Mm -hmm. But he also has talked about struggling with struggling with self doubt and struggling, yeah. struggling with even a little bit of depression while he was off and, and being in this, um, while he was injured and that kind of stuff. So he's, he's done a really good job of, of humanizing himself, but mm -hmm. then also being like, you know, showing that, Hey, I'm a larger than life figure as well. And the UFC has done a good job of pushing that skill wise. I think, I think Patty is, is pretty, pretty dang good and solid, but he's, a guy like Tony, the one thing about Tony is he is a scary fight. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if he fight is he still fighting five years from now, he's still gonna be a scary fight. He was right. the scariest fight um, you know, five years ago whenever he was on that big run where he didn't lose for yeah. twelve fights or whatnot. Yeah. And then even being in there against Tony, you know you're fighting a legend. He can't be stopped unless you separate him from consciousness or mm -hmm. catch him. He's had his arm broken inside there and he won't tap. No, won't tap. He's, yeah. he's a freaking, and he's awkward. Right. And mm -hmm. he's, he's the type of guy who would go through hell week with David Goggins last week. <laughs> no, or whatever, right? I saw that. right. You know, it's like, he's that kind of guy. He's got a yeah. screw loose. And, yeah, and that's, and I, and I don't say that to, to, you know, no, you need to, that. Yeah. To, to talk, talk down to him or no. about him. It's a, it's a freaking scary fight. So yeah. the, honestly, I, if I had to put money on it, which obviously I don't, and we can't, let me go and say that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. You can't. But like, I, I if think, I was going to put money on yeah, it. Yeah, right? I think, I mean, Tony's a scary fight for anybody. And Patty coming back from kind of the injury, mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's a tough fight for Patty, for sure. It's a, it's a level up. If Patty get, gets through Tony, he gets put to a different, a different realm. Um, but, man, I think it's hard to bet against Tony. That's what I was saying. Because, you know, uh, Patty gets hit. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, uh, some people think he lost that. That was Jared Gordon, right? Jared Gordon, yeah. Yeah, some people think he lost that fight, which I I wouldn't have been shocked if they would have given the decision to Gordon. Um, so, yeah, I think I don't think he's fought like any high-ranked opponents, really. Um, no, this is a huge step up. A big step up. Tony... Man, even in in your fight, I mean, he landed a couple yeah. shots on you. Cause he's so awkward, 
And when he and he throws punches from these weird angles, yeah. whether it's straight right. or or it comes out here and it comes down straight, because he's wide too. So those punches come at a wide angle, Very probably. Weird. Yeah, and, and his feet are doing weird stuff. Mm. The, what, what I said was he's a tough puzzle to solve because you can't really, you know, even Connor Poirier is a very, very good fighter, but he is very basic. He's brilliant with the basics, which you can bring in guys who, or have guys in your training camp. You're like, hey, you're not that far off from Dustin. Mm -hmm. Dustin's a much better fighter than than you, and I think he's a world-class, but you can be a Southpaw who's kind of basic, but brilliant with the basics. Mm -hmm. Tony, you don't know what, he could be fighting you from his hands. He might be yeah. walking around on his hands in the, in the middle of the A forward roll. So. A forward roll, and like these, <laughs> and these things where, you know, people might, you know, th throw a joke out here and there. We're like, oh, he tried to throw sand in his face or this. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a scary place to be yeah. because we like predictability as human right. beings, right? Yeah. And we have, we have pushed ourselves enough in our training and putting ourselves out out there and failing enough or getting outside of our comfort zone where we're a little bit more, we're a little bit more okay with unpredictability than most people. But still, I still like predictable. I'd yeah. much rather fight a Poirier who's probably a better fighter than Tony. Because he's more predictable, right? Be because Tony in there, you're like, dude, I don't want to get hit with some weird spinning <laughs> yeah. upward front flip elbow in front, and it's embarrassing. It's scary. It's it's coming from weird angles. Oh yeah, he that that like that el spinning elbow he <laughs> yeah, does, dude. It's and then <laughs> and then on the and then I take him down, I blast him across the cage, and then his his he's got these bony elbows, long mm. arms. He's really good at throwing elbows. So if Patty gets the takedown, Tony's going to do some damage from the bottom. Mm -hmm. um, if Tony gets the takedown, he's got phenomenal jujitsu. On the feet, he's very very awkward, but still a very good and effective striker. And Patty's Patty hasn't seen nobody has seen anything like Tony. You fight Tony, it's 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 a it's one, one of one. one. Yeah. So what it's a it, scary. Where did he thing. land against you? It was just a jab, and, oh. and and I ran into I ran into the jab, and it was a hard freaking jab. I bet it was the one that blew up my yeah uh, my right eye, a um, left jab or right. Um, well, and that was the thing too. He switches stances and does oh. these weird things. I think I think he actually had switched stance and threw just a hard javelin straight long those really really long arms <laughs> yeah. and just boom right in the right in the eyeball. And I was coming forward too, yeah. which you know it's definitely. My face has taken some damage at my own expense sometimes yeah. too, because it wasn't just them throwing it. I was actually coming in and running right. into something too, but that's what we signed up for. <laughs> so it's a, it's a scary fight. I, I mean, I think I would give the edge to Tony in that mm -hmm. one just by sheer unpredictability, cardio for days. I know Patty's Patty's usually got pretty darn good cardio, but not like Tony. Tony's Tony's yeah. got a that that cardio where it's like I don't get tired. You know, I know I, I feel tired a little bit, but I don't get tired type, yeah. of, type of guy. And he's definitely not going to be intimidated. No. Tony won't no, by the moment. It. Yeah. No. I mean, he's going to be talking his, his crazy stuff during the press conference with his mm -hmm. glasses on. I love it. I mean, El Kukue, how could you not? I've watched so many of his highlights. Even his 911 call. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love, I love <sighs> where his wife is saying, you know, don't send whatever because you're going to get hurt. It's oh just like, gosh. that's just a good example of this guy, you don't know what you're going to get. No, man. I, I've been a fan of his forever. Well, me too. And, and that was where, and that's what I love too about this sport is is we can sit here and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of all the different guys that I have fought in mm -hmm. different respects, you know? Because mm -hmm. I mean, how do you not respect what these guys have done? I mean, my run in the UFC has been pretty darn up there. Every single guy I've fought has been inside, inside yeah. the top five. So they're all, they're all living legends mm -hmm. of the guys that I have fought. And I can, you know, I can, I can separate the fact that I need to fight you and I need to, 
you know, win from, man, I really like what you do, or maybe I like how you operate, or like, I like a lot of things about Justin Gaethje. I feel like I always said me and G me and Gaethje would be pretty darn good friends, I think, if we didn't have to <laughs> yeah. fight each other, you know, yeah. like we could, we could be friends, right? Maybe he disagrees. Um, you know, poor and I, I don't know, not so much me and Tony, me and Tony are cool, you know? Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's weird. I don't know. You guys are all legend when it, <laughs> to fans. It's like, you're all, you know, larger than life. I mean, it's, um, it's so fun. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's fun. It's so exciting. It's like, you know, watching gladiators. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so, and especially to be there live, you yeah. know, I'm, luckily I'm friends with Joe. So I get like, he's got the best seat in the house. I got the second best seat. Yeah. And but, you get to see a lot of the fights live and then also get to get to spend time around the guys too, because that's, that's one thing if you're a fan and you just watch the fights on TV or you've been to a couple fights, but you've never, you've never interacted with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to, to get to work out with the guys and, yeah. and spend time with the guys and maybe even hunt with the guys or whatever, yeah. where, where it's cool where you can just separate, okay, this guy's not just a guy who throws punches and kicks in a, in a cage. Yeah. You know, kinda, I know some guys are normal. Some guys are a little bit not so normal, but <laughs> we're all human. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you can be it's it's weird how nice i mean a lot of the fighters are just so nice you yeah. know just like you and just like but can tur flip that switch whenever mm -hmm. um it's pretty pretty incredible well i think I, I think and that was and that was always the misconception right um i go from wrestling which people would think all oh, these you know those guys are <clears throat> more tame than fighters but i think i think the reason so many fighters are pretty darn nice guys is mm -hmm. we already have we already have that outlet. Yeah, you don't have to prove, and you don't have to prove anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I would say too. I mean, the the age old question of, hey man, you know, when you're if you're at a bar, or you're at a restaurant, or you having some drinks or whatever, like people try to fight you, and I'm like, no, probably not any more than you. you know, yeah. Not, probably not any more than people try to fight you. Yeah. Um, but we also, man, I don't need to fight in this different. I don't turn negotiations into a fight. I don't yeah. turn. I don't turn this conversation into a fight. I don't turn these things into a fight because I already got this fight thing that I mm -hmm. have to do all the time, which yeah. I'm actually not a very confrontational person. I don't enjoy confrontation. Mm -hmm. I do not enjoy people not liking me or, or me not being in or in sync with somebody, if you will. Um, but when it comes to fighting, man, I want to rip somebody's head off. And then for that 15 minutes, I'm a different guy. For that 25 minutes, I'm a different guy. And then I can just shut it off and come back to being a normal person. Yeah. I, uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I followed your, your journey all the way from Missouri to Bellator to here. And I was, I was curious about this because this got a little play lately. Um, uh, Dagestani wrestling versus U.S. wrestling. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference? And what do, you, what do you think about that? One of my favorite packages that I get on a monthly basis is a Black Rifle Coffee Club exclusive coffee roast. The only way you can get it is if you subscribe to the coffee club. This month's coffee is a dark roast called Gothic Serpent. The exclusive coffee subscription gives you nothing but the best. It's a coffee of the month club where you get premium roasts from the best farms worldwide. Black Rifle Coffee is America's coffee. It's veteran owned and operated. They support hunting and conservation and give back immensely to the veteran community. They're offering followers of the podcast 20% off on your first purchase to the coffee club or order on their site using code KeepHammering to get America's coffee today. Man, so I mean, obviously Dagestani wrestling um, or like the Russian Sambo stuff, right. it's all kind of similar. Um, 
it's it's all that would all be international type of wrestling and mm-hmm. then we have our collegiate wrestling that we do here which is a little bit uh different more more focused on top control um because you can get writing time in, in college wrestling mm-hmm. you can turn guys um so i like i think good old-fashioned passionate american wrestling wins really? all the time yeah in my opinion obviously i'm very biased <laughs> um but i just i like the idea of it's the takedown to the top control, whereas, you know, more that international wrestling is takedown and a guy just goes into um, what we call parterre where he's on the ground. He's just trying not to get turned. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in fighting, you can't just try not to get turned. You have to actually get hand control and try to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why so many Division One wrestlers or college wrestlers have, have done so well. That top control, always putting the weight on the hands, stuffing a guy's head in, in the mat weight behind his kind of weight behind his hips to get his all the weight on his hands um but yeah with that being said that's why that's why i know i haven't done myself any favor favors by losing some of these fights and i would love to fight islam i don't think i deserve to fight islam right now um i need to string some wins together or at mm-hmm. least this next win because that's what i'm focused on but man a lot of people want to see that fight because i do think i do think i stopped islam's takedowns i do think i can take him down i do think i'm a better striker than him i mm-hmm. do like the fact that he's a southpaw and i've done very well against southpaws so that's a good matchup yeah it's a good matchup and it's and it i mean the good thing about the lightweight division is no matter what you got probably Oliveira and 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 islam fighting next it sounds like mm-hmm. and then gaichi is either going to defend the, the bmf belt against somebody or gaichi will be the next in line for the title which i think gaichi wins the title i'd like to see gaichi win the title um, and then obviously you got Poirier in there. We're not quite sure what he's doing, but the the guys at the top, that top one, two, and three, Gaethje, Oliveira, and and Islam. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some history, obviously, with Gaethje and, and Oliveira, and then people want to see me fight Islam. So it's a it's going to be a fun little next twelve months when I knock Connor out, and then uh, <laughs> then we see what happens next. Yeah, the I mean, <clears throat> you four up there, God, so good. And any night, it seems like the fight can go anyway. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just so close on Oliveira, and then the the fight of the year with Gaethje, and then I do like you know Islam. It's crazy. He uh, he wins, but he doesn't have that like that larger than life type where everybody's like no doubt. Like Khabib had that yeah. mystique, but he's he is winning and he keeps winning but it's like i don't know people are making excuses for his wins it seems like or the fans are i don't know he just doesn't have he hasn't got over the top for whatever reason yeah and i don't know if it was because one thing khabib was really good at khabib was good on the microphone like Mm -hmm. khabib would khabib would kind of speak his broken language and Mm -hmm. his his kind of uh kind of broken english and make little jokes here and there kind of call out people he was very direct and and people loved that i think that that really helped habib out islam doesn't have that as much yeah um and he hasn't been as as dominant for sure i mean the way habib mauled people when he was on top of them and he never got tired and he would just beat the crap out of even though it wasn't exactly what people wanted to see all the time on the ground Mm -hmm. because it was a ground fight they wanted to see two guys slug it out that's what the general public wants to watch the way the way habib just mauled people was different than islam but then you know obviously his last fight knocked out alexander volkanovsky but that was on two weeks notice yeah. so there, there always is this little bit i know there's always this little thing that we're like yeah but he just came off the couch two weeks ago and mm-hmm. he's a 145 pounder you know and then some of these other fights he just hasn't been as dominant as his it, his first volkanovsky people thought 
Volkanovski won. Yeah, so there's that too. And then, and, and Volks, Khabib uh, never had a close fight. It didn't seem like. No, I don't think he ever lost a round. Besides, there was there, there was Connor. one fight. Oh yeah, yeah. I think was it Michael Johnson? Maybe landed something. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson hurt him. Yeah, maybe that. But then Connor, I think, won the third or fourth, maybe or I don't know what, but a round. Yeah. A other round. than that, but you know, there was no like oh split decision win or anything. Mm -hmm. It was. Yeah. Yeah, and what was it? In Islam, the problem too is is if Islam, if there was no Khabib, Islam would probably have a lot more. He would probably have a lot more or respect or look more dominant. Yeah, but everybody compares him to Khabib, right. which which is unfair for him. Yeah. It's really unfair, you know, that he's been so because that's what it was. It's like the next Khabib, but he's like, well, I if I was him, I'd be like, well, I just want to be the first Islam, not the yeah, next Khabib, yeah. right? But unfortunately for him, the court of public opinion is, well, he's Khabib's underling, Khabib's brother, Khabib's main guy, and he's not as good as Khabib, but it's like, well, but he's pretty dang good. Hey guys, you want to be as smart as famed neuroscientist Andrew Huberman, PhD at Stanford? Well, sadly, that's probably not going to happen. But I did find something that can help and that's HVMN Ketone IQ. I actually downed one right before reading this. So if I sound decent, it's probably why. Because I'm not sure if you guys realize how much brain power podcasting takes. But whatever I can take that will at least make me sound smarter, I'm in. Ketone IQ is a clean energy boost without sugar or caffeine. Ketone IQ increases your blood ketones. I'm not on a keto diet, but by taking Ketone IQ, I can achieve the desired focus and energy for explosive workouts that ketones typically provide to those in ketosis. You can find Ketone IQ at your local Sprouts or online at hvmn.com. Use code CAM, C-A-M, for 20% off your first order. You I think he lost once too, didn't he? Yeah, he got knocked out by, I forget who it was. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah. And he had a, a drug test failure back in the day. Um, so that's tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the reason why that Dagestani wrestling versus U.S. came up is because of Bo Nickel. I think he brought it up, actually, mm -hmm. that maybe talking about. But he's coming on the podcast, I think. Isn't Bo Nickel coming on pretty soon? In December, yeah. Nice. So that'll, that'll, how good do you think he is? I think he's very good. Yeah. I think Bo, <clears throat> I think Bo is very good. Um, and he's just like anybody. He's, he's still very green, you know. Yeah. I mean, for for the dominance that he has shown, uh, got a knockout in his last fight, I believe. Um, I think so. Is he fighting? Does he have his fight scheduled right now? I don't think so. No, he doesn't. No, um, not that I know of. But no, he very promising guy. I mean, mm -hmm. and and honestly, the way that he wrestled, he was a little bit more funky kind of in, in college. So that doesn't always translate really well to. MMA, but the way he has the way he has dominated on the ground, he's going to be able to take guys down at will. But also, he's starting to get more and more confidence in his hands. And the reason wrestlers are dominant isn't because they can pick you up and put you down. It isn't because of the strength or the physical attributes. It's the fact that the dude went through five years of the hardest training camp he will ever have in his, in his entire life. Anything I've done in mixed martial arts is easier than those College five wrestling. years I spent at Mizzou, right? Mm. So his mind is built up. He's got an unwavering belief in himself. Uh, you know, the dude coming in right off the contender series and start talking about Hamzat Shemaev. I mean, I'm I like, know. you know, him and I have had a couple conversations. We're like, hey, dude, well, you know, like, 
earn it a little bit earn it <laughs> yeah. a little bit more before you know before you start sounding like people think you're crazy <laughs> even though i honestly think i would love to see him and hamzat fight tomorrow yeah. because it would be a very interesting fight mm-hmm. i think hamzat's got a little bit more a little bit more tools because he's been fighting for longer um but man bo's i think bo's going to be bo bo will be a champion in the think UFC. so it's going to take you know a couple years and i think you know do it right i think patty pimblett did it right I think Sean O'Malley did it right. These guys who could have been pushed into that top five right away, mm-hmm. very quickly. But man, it's a long career. You know, you you want to you want to be, you want to be at your peak and at your most amount of earning income, your biggest platform possible. When you hit that, when you hit, when you're seasoned enough to hit that, that prime of your career. You know, you don't want to take those any. You don't want to take too hard of fights right away, and, and that sounds a little bit counterintuitive because you're like well we're fighters we're supposed to be tough but yeah it's a long career yeah right? you know you want you want this career i've been i've been fit fighting for 15 years mm. you know i could have very easily been one of those guys that fizzled out years and years before and not gotten to this point to where now i can say i'm gonna set myself up for a, a very long time because of the right decisions yeah i mean could you imagine in your fifth fight if you would fight poirier or oh, gaethje or Oliveira? yeah i mean wouldn't have been good probably no i mean exactly. i don't I, I don't know how good you were compared no, to now i promise i would have lost <laughs> <laughs> a lot worse than i lost now you know yeah it's, it's just you, not it takes time. It, yeah, it, just it's, like it, anything. Well, and that's the thing too is is we're as wrestlers we're very well versed in hand to hand combat, mm-hmm. but but the wrestling arena, the wrestling match is just different than being locked into a cage, and, and the rounds are longer, and you need to get hit, and getting hit in sparring isn't the same as getting hit in mm-hmm. a fight where everything is on the line and everybody is watching. Right. Um, but Bo has done a really good job with the pressure thus far. I mean, he's he's. He's been a guy who came off the contender series and then went straight to I think a main card pay per view and then now he's a main card pay per view guy on these mm-hmm. big pay per views. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, that a lot of people would not be able to handle in his first five fights or so. Um, so it's he's he's got the he's got the mindset, the heart set. He's training really well. He's got a great he's got a great relationship with his team at ATT. Um, so he's he's got everything he needs. Just needs that time, you know. Yeah, I think it's uh, he's been on such a good roll and and dominating. But it's always a big test the first time you get caught, mm-hmm. you know, and get her. Because I always think back to um, Hazmat against uh, Burns. Yep. You know that was turned into a war. Yeah, it did. And uh, nobody expected that because he had won, just dominated everybody. Mm-hmm. Then he's in a war, and it's like that tells you a lot about a fighter. Yep. is how they respond to that. Yeah, and 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 for a guy like Bo, who his striking is getting better, but there's nothing worse for a wrestler than shooting a takedown and missing it, getting stuffed. Right, put pushing a guy up against the cage, the takedown gets stuffed. How do you how do you respond to the thing that always works for you not working? How do you respond to mm-hmm. you know? So the all of that will be. You know, I'm sure he's training very hard in the training room, but it's different once you get into a fight. And that's the thing that we train so dang hard and so long and so disciplined and do everything for this one night. And this one night isn't even a, a full night. It's 15 minutes and it's three different rounds. It's three little rounds that you get to showcase everything. And hopefully that you perform where you need to in this little bitty time for yeah. period, you know. And that's why fighting is so hard to stay undefeated. You know, yeah. you're going to have an off night. You're going you're gonna to have you're going to get caught you're going to you're going to be going through tough scenarios tough rounds how do you bounce back from mm-hmm. a bad round you know but all all signs point toward bo being one of those guys who can hang in the top 
very, very soon, in my opinion. How, uh, how hard is it? I was thinking about two different scenarios. Well, as a wrestler, you want to shoot in, but how much do you worry about getting caught by a knee? And how mm. your opponent, how much are they kind of banking on, can I catch him with a knee when he comes in? Is that like a big thing? It is a big thing. And it's, and it's a dangerous thing for a guy to be, if, if you're the wrestler and I want to catch you with the knee, if I'm throwing that knee up and I don't land it, I've put myself on one foot, weight on my heels, and I'm going to get taken down if I don't catch him with the knee. Mm -hmm. um, and then for a wrestler, that's why, that's why in wrestling, I mean, sweep single was my favorite, my favorite shot. I mean, you're not going to see me hitting a sweep single in, in fighting because A, we're standing up, and then B, I don't want to be shooting below the knee. I want to be shooting above the knee. So you see a lot of guys. Kamar Usman does a really good job of, of snatching that front leg, um, head inside, get your head in their chest, grab the grab the leg above the knee, focus more and, and attack the hips more mm. than the actual like knee and below. Um, that is definitely one thing that helps you keep your forward trajectory more into his chest instead of down because you know, wrestling we were able to kind of shoot down a little bit and you're not worried about getting hit with a knee and you right. catch a leg and then turn it into a scramble yeah but it's 90 percent of your takedowns that you see in fighting are going to be a guy putting his head into your chest mm -hmm. attacking the hips because if you can cont control the hips you can control the body gotcha. and having your head up where the head goes, the body goes is kind of a general rule too. If I have yeah. my head down, you stuff the head, head goes down to the mat. I'm not going to be able to take anybody down with my head on the mat. Yeah. And then <clears throat> one of the biggest eye-opening experiences was realizing I always thought, well, if I can take a guy down without a wall, without a cage, it's going to be a lot easier to take him down against the cage when I can use the cage. Mm -hmm. But one, once I, what I realized was there's a guy with, there could be a guy with very mediocre takedown defense he can use the cage to his defense for his defense and it was a lot harder to take guys down off the cage than i thought it was hmm. that was one of the big that was one of the big frustration points yeah for me when i first started fighting um that's why if you can just blast a guy without yeah. getting the cage or if you get him to the cage use the momentum of bouncing into the cage and then off the cage lift them high randy couture did a really good job of that yeah that high single mm -hmm. um and I, I try to do that too. If I can just bounce a guy off the cage, get my hands locked, always try to get your hands locked, attack the hips and then lift them. Cause you mm. can use that cage bounce. Cause that cage has got that three, four inches. Of yeah. Little, right. Little spring on it. Hmm. Um, yeah. Then I was also wondering how often in a fight, you know, you have to be so dialed in and locked in. Do you, do you ever lose focus and just be like, what was I doing? You know? And it's just like, I don't know, just kind of get like, caught in the headlights a little bit. Yeah. Well, that and also, too, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, uh, you know, because obviously you try to you try to ignore everything. And you just focus on the, the one guy who's trying to take your head off. That's yeah. probably the most yeah. important thing to focus on. <laughs> but you'd be very surprised how every now and then, you know, you can kind of like see somebody out of the corner of your eye in, the, <laughs> yeah. in, in there. And you're like, all right, back, focus again, right? <laughs> or, you know, the best is when you can take a guy down and then you're on top because yeah. what I have really tried to do is find moments of rest inside of a fight because I can, I'll just go, 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 go till I redline and pass out. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of my, that's how I'm wired. Right. So I have to, you know, one of the biggest things 
that I talk to my coaches about right before I'm going out there, even as we're walking out, hey, tell me to keep my hands up and tell me to breathe. Mm-hmm. Keep my hands up and breathe. Those are the two things that I need the cues because if not, I'm like, I'll put my hands down by my waist. <laughs> yeah. I'll hold my breath and I'll try to kill you. Yeah. You know, so I gotta I gotta find these moments of rest. You know, right. after you know, it took a nice big shiner from Tony, blasting him across the cage, get on top, and then have a moment of rest. Mm-hmm. Take nice three big deep breaths. You know, don't I'm not gonna sit there and stall. You know, I keep the action going, but I wanna find these moments where I can push a guy up against the cage, take a couple of breaths. Yeah. Because if I don't, I'll just yeah. start mouth breathing and then right. the heart rate ex- explodes and and then it, it makes it very, very tough to be doing your game plan right but there are those moments where yeah you've and it's almost kind of a because it's a it's an out-of-body experience sometimes too where you're you're in there you're thinking or you're not thinking or you're back in the you know you're sitting on the stool either it was a good round it was a bad round you know because that's that's where the the dichotomy of oh shoot i just got freaking smashed in that round okay i gotta come back yeah or you're like okay i can't wait for this this whistle to blow again so i can get out there and hopefully finish this fight asap mm-hmm. so it's a there's so there's so much more going on inside of the cage than than most people think when you're just a an onlooker yeah but there's definitely been those moments where you're like oh is that dana there's dana oh, there's, <laughs> yeah. i wonder where my wife is sitting yeah and and like <laughs> i always think that it'd be good to get a takedown like right in front of the boss and mm-hmm. beat the shit out of somebody there and yeah yeah it's like instead of like oh well, i'm on the other side of the cage you yeah know, but well i just saw, i just saw uh so speaking of patty the guy that he the guy that he fought either last fight or the fight before uh jordan levitt mm-hmm. um he was fighting matt wyman and i had, i for, completely forgot about this but he he ended up shooting shooting getting the, getting matt up against the cage on one end of the cage picking him up and you could hear his coach say take him down come over here and then he goes where are you at? Where are you at? For so his coach to say something, and then he then he walks toward the voice, his coaches, and then slams him and knocks like knocks him out because of the impact off the off the, oh. off the uh, the canvas. So there was stuff like that. There was there was uh, Frank Trigg versus Matt Hughes where he takes him all the way across the cage and takes him down in front because yeah, nothing worse than you take a guy down in the other guy's corner in the other guy's corner and his coaches are coaching him how to get right. out. And I'm like I can't even hear my coaches. And I'm, right. I'm really just trying to. Whatever you tell him to do, I'm going to try to stop him from doing what he's doing, right? <laughs> you know. Well, I was also curious about this. So I see the the fighters; they go to their corner. Is like, are you actually listening to the coaching? And it's like, because they always say, "Okay, you got to, you know, one, two. I don't even know what. But are you just like, do you go back out there and just do whatever you want, or are you trying to use those cues? I usually do whatever I want. <laughs> unfortunately no. i figured <laughs> no but i think uh you know there, there's those you want to be able to you want to be able to be there and hear your coach for me it's it's henry hooft is always inside yeah. the cage because normally depending on depending on the commission they usually only let you have one or two corners in there and you usually have three or yeah. four if it's a title fight or a main mm. event you can have one guy outside the cage so he would be behind you and you can hear his voice behind you mm-hmm. whether it be your grappling coach and then you have your striking coach in front of you um but henry's always kind of right there and he'll he knows what to say a lot of times it's it's very simple stuff henry's all of henry's entire age kickboxing program is basically keeping it simple being mm-hmm. brilliant with the basics so he doesn't overcoach, which is great he's very even keel he doesn't get too high doesn't get too low uh he'll tell you 
you know, if you ask him, hey, we win that round, he'll tell you yes or no, and he'll, he'll tell you the truth. You know, you mm -hmm. lost that round, get your ass in gear, and you got to get back out there. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's very simple stuff. And it's also, there's probably certain guys who, uh, who can handle more than others. You know, for me, I don't want to be coached a ton. I'd rather, I'd rather just know that it's almost sometimes a reminder that, hey, we're in this thing together. Yeah. And I want to go out there and I want to beat that guy because I want to beat him. I want to mm -hmm. beat him for my family and the fans and that kind of stuff, but I want to beat him for you as well. Yeah. There's that, that intrinsic emotional, spiritual connection that you have with your coach too. Right. Where it's 30 seconds of the one minute could be just, hey, breathe or hey, Hey, stay calm. You're doing good. Like mm -hmm. even just not even real cues, not even, not even the X's and the O's of fighting, but cause you're in a, you're in a battle and I'm sure there's times where he's looked at me and thought, okay, he's, you know, he's deer in the headlights or he's psychopath trying to kill somebody or he's, or he's very calm. And there's probably a different approach yeah, each time, each time. Yeah. For the, the way you would talk to me after the first round might be completely different. The way you would talk to me after the second round going yeah. the third, you know? Yeah. It's uh yeah. And what do you like, what do you tell yourself out there? I mean, do you, do you talk to yourself or, I mean, I know everybody's got thoughts going yeah. on. I know when I'm on a hunt, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, how have I ever killed before? I have no <laughs> idea even it's like, this is never going to work. Or you're like, I just need one chance, one chance. I'm going to make it pay. But it's like, you, I, I'm the biggest doubter of myself and mm -hmm. also the biggest believer. It seems like in a minute time, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's such a, is that how fighting is too? I mean, is it a roller coaster? Inside the fight, inside the fight, there's not a lot of not a lot of talking going on inside mm -hmm. my brain. Not a lot of kind of self talk, unless there's those moments of of breathe. Unless there's those moments of, you know, whether it be hey, you deserve this. Yeah. You know, hey, you're better than this guy. Right. Um, you know, something of that effect. The biggest mm -hmm. thing for me is is back in the locker room and making that walk because mm -hmm. I've always talked about. You know, we we are conditioned and programmed to think about worst case scenarios for protection, right. to protect ourselves, right? So we're always going to fall back into, well, the what if this happens, what if that happens, um, to be able to protect ourselves. So the biggest thing for me is speaking to myself audibly. So because if I'm speaking, I can't hear any negativity. Right. So if I just sit here in my silence and I'm walking out there in silence, I'm most likely going to hear something negative. Holy cow! There's there's a lot of pressure. You acknowledge the pressure. Holy cow, this guy's good. Holy cow, this is the biggest next fight. This is the biggest moment of my life. Don't yeah. fucking screw this up, right? Mm -hmm. So if I can just speak and I can just not have any dead space in between thoughts or actual speaking, actually speaking audibly inside of my mind or even verbally out, coming out of my mouth, that's where I can just keep saying my positive affirmations or speaking life into the 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 reality that we're about to walk into and and ultimately it's uh puts me in the right headspace hoyt archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005 and personally i really don't care what bow you shoot what brand it is i just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as i have in mine because i know if i get one opportunity with my hoyt it's going to pay off you know and then leading up to the fight listening to my certain song or two that I listen to, mm -hmm. thinking about my family, thinking about thinking about how truly blessed I am, getting myself I know where I operate best is when I where I am welled up so much with emotion before a fight that tears come in my eyes and I'm start to cry a little bit. I'm like that's that's when I'm my most dangerous because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm 
I'm not just, it's, it supersedes just me being a human or me being an athlete. It's, it's something bigger than that. I, I am your part purpose. of, it's my purpose and I'm part of a bigger, I'm a piece of a bigger puzzle than mm -hmm. I, than I sometimes give myself credit for. And then speaking it into existence and speaking and speaking life over myself all the way until that that bell rings and give that we have Bruce Buffer the fist bump and all that kind of stuff and then it's like okay here we go yeah and get punched in the face and then it really starts <laughs> well I mean it, it is hard to have perspective sometimes but if, if you looked like from your days at Mizzou to like here in this beautiful house and the studio and the gym and the life you're creating and your beautiful kids and your wife it's just like how could you not be grateful yeah. and be like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing look at look at what's this has been provided because I've followed my passion and believed in myself and I've been blessed with this. It's mm -hmm. just like, but yeah, we, we have a hard time having perspective all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just like you get caught up in the moment and then it's just like, yeah, that self-talk comes in. But. Yeah. Well, that you, you, cause you can look at it from, you can look at a problem either, you know, something great that's happening or a problem that's happening. You can look at it under a microscope or with a, you know, looking, yeah. at, it, looking at it like it's right here in front of your right. face. But if you can sometimes just take a step back and look at it from that 30,000 foot view and you just see, if you're able to just look at all of, all of your life thus far and what you've accomplished and even the things that were bad things that happened to you, but good things came from them. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always, always kind of say too, we just talked about it on the last podcast talking about, I, I said, I don't care if I win or lose. I think that's, wasn't exactly probably how I should have said it. It's, it's almost like, it's almost, I'm not concerned with the outcome because I know I've done what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. As long as I've done what I needed to do, the outcome is going to take care of itself. And no matter what, at the end of it, my God still loves me. My, my family still loves me and I still love me. So ultimately win, lose, yeah. good thing, bad thing, all we're doing is just trying to figure this thing out. And I know I've done everything possible yeah. to be successful. Yeah. If I'm not successful that night or if I don't get my hand raised or I don't win, I'm not a loser. Doesn't I'm define just lost, you. Right. It, yeah. Failure is an event, not a person. And I think we can put so much pressure on that thing and we squeeze it so tight mm -hmm. that this has to happen when really maybe it wasn't supposed to happen. I always talk about, Losing uh, a fight in, in Bellator was the greatest thing that could have happened to me because had I not lost that fight, I still would have been the champion. If I was still the champion, I would have had the champion's clause. I would have had another year left on my contract. Mm -hmm. But by losing that fight, yeah, it was painful and yeah, it sucked and it was embarrassing and it brought tears and I didn't sleep that night and it just felt like a failure for, for weeks. But it turned out to be the greatest thing that could have happened to me because now here I am sitting here talking to you about fighting Connor, and then you look at the the awards that I've accrued over the last couple of years. All of these would not have been possible right. had that bad thing happened. So once you have put yourself out there and failed enough, you realize that those failures are, are a prerequisite to the success. And also those failures are sometimes a blessing in disguise, even though it sounds so cliche. It does, yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to admit that in the moment because mm -hmm. people can say, oh man, hey, something good's going to come from this. You're like, man, shut up, dude. I don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, I think it's different too if one failure and bouncing back and being greater is better than if you had 10 failures in a row. Yeah. Tougher to tell yourself that story. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> so you you work your ass off to make sure that that's not like a reoccurring theme. But yeah, I, I totally get that. And it's like, I see this, all these, I mean, yeah, your awards from the UFC. I couldn't imagine, now I couldn't imagine you not in the UFC. Yeah. Even though 
you were the face of Bellator, mm -hmm. you know, and now that seems like almost a lifetime ago. Man, and that was such a tough decision, man. And it actually, <clears throat> we, I don't know if it's public knowledge or, or I think it's, it's being out there uh, talked now, but Bellator is essentially, now they're not going to be on Showtime anymore. There's something going on with the PFL and Bellator. Bellator is going, either going away in a couple of years or PFL bought them or I don't know exactly what's happening. But so to think about that, but then also think about, yeah, I can't even imagine myself not have making that made, making that decision to go to the UFC. But it was a tough, tough decision. I was yeah. leaving to leave the security that you have to take a leap of faith where mm -hmm. I could have very well fallen flat on my face. And but I was okay with that. I was yeah. okay with sitting in that in that meeting with Hunter Campbell, and I said, "Hey, I want the tough, toughest guys right away. Either I am who I say I am, or I'm not. And I'm completely okay with me." not being that i'm okay with that mm -hmm. but what i'm not okay with is me not going to the ufc and me not fighting not putting myself out there because that what if would haunt me for the rest of my life yeah i would i wouldn't i would have sleepless nights the rest of my life or it would take me a very long time and a lot of counseling and some <laughs> other other things where i would find success to uh to have not gone down that journey right and walk just like making the decision to walk on to the university of missouri was the single greatest athletic decision I ever made because if I didn't take that chance to possibly ride the bench for five years, never wear the singlet, never start, and then I ended up becoming an All-American and then coming to you know, all those years in Bellator and then kind of walking on, taking that chance on myself to go to the UFC, if you don't do that, yeah, you're a, you're a shell of the man that you're supposed to be. I would be a shell of the man that I was supposed to become. And I still got a lot of work left to do, but I sure am inching toward him every day yeah i mean you you bet on yourself uh a number of times now yeah. and like if if people could take that lesson and you know it's not going to be those are big decisions and everybody's decisions maybe it's not like from bellator to ufc but it's still big in their life mm -hmm. you know it's still maybe it's changing a job maybe it's taking a um a pay cut to maybe move forward and it's big for them but yeah betting on yourself it's uh there's a lot to that because it's easy to say, but if you haven't put in the work yeah. and you, you know, it feels like it's a hand you're going to lose, that's a tough decision. But when you've done the work, it's way easier to say, okay, this is going to work out in the end. Yeah. Well, and, and it's got to be the right time also, mm -hmm. you know, similar to what we talked about Joe. So going on Joe's podcast, it, that happened because he was like, Hey man, you're going to come, you're going to come to the UFC or not. I was like, Hey, let's, why don't you invite me on the podcast or whatever? <laughs> and that we talked about it. I ended up doing the podcast with Joe and then not signing with, not signing with the UFC. I re-signed with Bellator, didn't even test free agency. So at that time it didn't feel right. The mm. time before when I re-signed with Bellator, it didn't feel right. But this time it did in September of 2020, it felt right. It felt like that door wasn't just open. It wasn't just unlocked. It was wide open and ready yeah. for me to walk through. And I can't explain why it was. It just, it was an internal feeling Timing. knowing that it, it felt right. So mm -hmm. to those people struggling with that decision, if it doesn't, you know, you want to make that decision, maybe it's the right decision, but it's still the wrong time. Right. You know, maybe, it, maybe it needs to be a little bit longer, you know, and don't act like if you don't make that decision now that that, that decision's not going to be there a year from now, two years from now, six months from now, one more business deal from now one more handshake from now whatever it may be because you know james 1 5 he who lacks wisdom pray for it and the lord your god will give it abundantly right and just asking for wisdom like i don't know i don't know what the right answer is right now it mm -hmm. doesn't feel it doesn't feel like i have all the pieces of the puzzle just give me the wisdom give me the right person to come into my life give me the right conversation to have give me the right 
accolade to have or the failure or even the failure to have for me to gain in more knowledge to then be able to make one more step. And sometimes inaction is the best action. Yeah. And sometimes inaction is the worst decision you can make. <laughs> it's just, it's the conundrum of life. It but it, is. It only worked out for me because I was patient. Mm-hmm. I did. I was down in the valley for a very long time. I knew I didn't want to be in Bellator for a couple of years. I knew it was, I knew I was, I knew I had something bigger for me waiting on the other side, but I still made the right decision at the right time to re-sign with Bellator until it was absolutely perfect timing. And then yeah. coming to the UFC was the perfect timing with Khabib retiring and it was just, it all worked out just ridiculous. Yeah, no, that it's been pretty amazing. But you mentioned Hunter Campbell. I love that guy. The man, dude. Isn't he the best? The best, yeah. He's <laughs> such a good guy. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, he's, uh, he's doing, he's, he does a lot more, than I think people realize, you know, yeah. Dana is obviously that he's the face he's and he's the, face. the, and, and, and rightfully so the dude, you know, he was the one, it was basically his idea without Dana, you know, getting the Fertitas together and buying the UFC back in 1993 or whatever it was, man. Uh, or I guess 1998 or whenever it was, we wouldn't be sitting here today. Right. Mm-hmm. But Hunter's Hunter's that guy, you'd be surprised how many, how many guys deal directly with Hunter how much of a Hunter's the guy, the only other guy who can really make a decision without asking Dana or you yeah. know, other people. And Dana, he he mentions him quite a bit nowadays. He does. I yeah. mean, he'll he'll throw out Hunter's name all the time, mm-hmm. and it's just like, man, anytime I've been around him, um, such a good guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's and that's where you know I'm not too vocal about it, but man, these they take so much more flack than they should. You know, oh. the UFC, it's, uh, it's just, they're, they're ran, they run a phenomenal business. Mm-hmm. Every single person that they have on staff is a high functioning, phenomenal individual. They are. Uh, and when you're in it, you know, and you, and you get to see that, that firsthand look too, cause you get to be in, in a lot of, a lot of rooms that most people wouldn't be able to go to, or the access that a lot of people wouldn't be able to as a, as a fan look on looking. Uh, but me being in it, man, there's, I've, and that was a thing too. Leaving Bellator, I always thought, man, I'm like, there's no way the UFC is gonna treat me better than Bellator. There's no way they're gonna look at me like a indispensable asset and really take care of me and really care about me. I'm just gonna be another number mm-hmm. thrown into a system and churned out for the spit out the good way or spit out the bad way. And either he was or he wasn't good. And then I get to the UFC, I'm like, man, the heck was it? What the heck was I thinking? Man? These guys are awesome. <laughs> the best, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and they do get beat up a little bit, about, but they have a lot of fo- fighters on the roster. I understand it's a business, but, uh, you know, it seems like the guys who I know feel like they're taken care of. It's a meritocracy. Yeah. Anything in life is, a, a, is, a, is and should be a meritocracy. You should not get anything for what you have not you earned. earned. Yeah. And if you earn it, then eventually it works out for you. Yeah. You know, and, and, why complain today when next week you might be getting the thing that you're complaining about, but since you didn't complain, you get the thing that you, you know, Yeah. it's, uh, and that's the thing. These guys are, these guys are dealing with this huge roster of, mm-hmm. of people who, you know, they sign a contract and then two fights later, they're like, Hey, I'm worth more money. And they're like, dude, you signed a contract. What do you, what do you yeah. want from me? You know, mm-hmm. you know, you were happy. You were happy whenever you signed it two fights right. ago. And now here we are. And, uh, so they're dealing with a, a tough, you know, a tough daily yeah. putting out fires. They put on a show every single weekend. Every single weekend, there's something weird happening with a card. Someone doesn't make weight. Someone gets injured. Someone falls off. Yeah. The venue this. The, you know, there's all some some kind of thing happening that they're constantly putting out fires. And uh, that's why I like to be the, 
the guy who's pretty darn easy to handle. Yeah. You know, pretty pretty darn easy to deal with. They can count on you. You show up, you're ready. <laughs> yeah. You're going to make weight. Yeah. It's all good. Just do what you say you're going to do. Just yeah. be a professional. Yeah. Is it is it is it that much to ask for you to be a professional if you're yeah. a professional fighter? You know, that's just a be professional. You know, uh Colby from my hometown, he gets beat up for that too, but he's like he's different than you for sure, but uh, he's always ready. Yeah. You know, so they know they can count on him. He's going to show up. He's going to make weight. He's going to, you know, he's got his his thing that he does, but he's going to fight. Yeah. You know, in a couple weeks. Yeah. December 16th, right? Uh, Yeah. You're going to yeah. be there? Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. I'll be there too. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm pumped for that yeah, one. Yeah, How do you be... think that's going to go? <sighs> I think Colby wins. Really? I, I hate to, I mean, it's tough because I would say, I would say you look at, you know, the Leon Edwards head kick of 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 Kamaru, you're like, man, hundred percent luck, right? Just yeah. it happened. You probably should have lost that fight. You ended up throwing a head kick. But then obviously he beat Kamaru in the in the uh rematch. The rematch, yeah. which that that definitely adds a little bit of a little spice to it where I'm like, okay, maybe Leon is a little bit better than I thought. But Colby, just like Dana always said, if if Kamaru Usman did not exist, Colby Covington would have been the champion all those years, right? Mm -hmm. Um and I think Colby's I think Colby's got the skills. Um, I think, I think Colby's honestly just better than Leon in, in all the different areas. Yeah. And Leon's Leon's good. I just think Colby's got Colby's got a motor. Colby is 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 strong, but yet he doesn't doesn't seem like he cuts a lot of weight for the weight class. No. So he's got a great motor, great cardio. He's durable, great wrestling. Um, throws punches and bunches. And yeah. So it's going to be two uh, two southpaws going at it. So you won't. It, you'll see a little bit of a different dynamic than most of the time because most of the time you got a southpaw and an orthodox guy. You're going to see a lot more power shots, but see you're going to have two southpaw guys going at it. So you're going to see a little bit more, a little more jabs. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting, but I think I think Colby wins that one. Yeah, I mean I don't think Leon has a power that Usman has. So you know yeah. that's kind of kept Colby at distance sometimes because he's. I think you know. Camaro got to where he could punch pretty freaking hard. Camaro hits freaking hard. Yeah, so if if Colby's not worried about that power, man, that's going to be rough for Leon. Yeah, you know what's really funny is watching these guys the way that they, the way that they either rise to the occasion or sometimes crumble depending on their last performance. Or you know, mm -hmm. is Leon a guy who now becomes almost feeling like he's unbeatable in his own mind, right? Because it's so much more mindset than it is anything else. Yeah, he's got yeah. the belt now beat Kamaru twice now mm -hmm. that's you know that should be enough to to feel that kind of confidence where you're like man i'm the best guy in the world at 170 pounds mm -hmm. is he that you know we'll see if he is that in, in his mind he's got a lot better chance of beating colby than he than he would have if he didn't um but colby's got that chip on his shoulder man he colby i feel like colby feels like he should have been champion in the last couple of years right <laughs> yeah and, you know he's finally going to get the shot I know. You know or well, he's had the shot, but now he's finally gonna get the shot against somebody who's not Kamaru Usman. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Leon. Maybe it's like Connor and you. I don't know if Leon Colby would be his first pick to fight. You know, I mean, yeah, Col Nobody wants to fight some hard wrestler. Yeah, you know that if they're not a wrestler themselves, because they're just like, oh my god, this is gonna suck probably. Yeah. So it feels Foot like on it's the a, gas the whole time. Yeah. Colby it feels is. like it's the same as like maybe Connor would rather fight somebody besides you. I feel like Leon would rather fight somebody besides Colby, but I don't know. It's gonna be gonna be we need to see it. Yeah, and it, it's it's crazy how like that one head kick changed two careers. You know, because yep. Kamaru was basically unbeatable. 
and then there's a chink in the armor and then got beat again. Yeah. And now he's got beat another time, mm -hmm. you know, um, this last fight. And it's like, man, everything changed on one kick. It's yep. just crazy. Well, it's, that's, that's the momentum of this crazy sport. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it does show how, how the mindset of it and w what your last performance will do, do to you. Yeah. You know? And that's where, that's where sometimes, you know, you heard Volkanovsky talk about taking the time off and that's why he took the Islam thing. You know, he kind of spiraled yeah. a little bit. I need to be in a training camp. Yeah. I need to have something to, mm -hmm. to strive for. And maybe that is a indication that he needs to do a little bit more of that work to work yeah. on himself to make sure, Hey, fighting is what you do, but it's right. not who you be. Just right. like you talked about, this thing's going to end eventually. Who yeah. are you going to be when it does end? Right. And, and even me though, I just got done admitting it was, it's not easy to, to no. not have that target. It's like, it's very easy to have a, have a fight date and have an opponent. But when you don't, luckily for me, I've, I have other things outside the cage businesses mm -hmm. and stuff that I can kind of work on. And, and I get that, different kind of type of endorphin or different type of self-worth to uh to build because yeah i want to be a, a successful businessman when i'm done fighting so how's i kind of focus on that stuff too how's the businesses going they're good man we got cram nutrition we got uh well hiatus tequila um we was just down in mexico a couple couple <laughs> couple weeks ago uh we saw the entire process from the agaves coming out of the ground the ground to going into the distillery the fermentation mm -hmm. or the the hornos the ovens into the fermentation tanks and then into the bottle. So it's, it was really, really cool. That's not 100% announced yet. That um, Probably by the time this comes out, it will be because it's been in a couple of days, but yeah, um, or a couple of weeks. But so I mean, that's been really good. Um, our founder of Hiatus, Christopher DeSoto, made is a is a is a tequila aficionado, mm. like the guy, kind of guy where in a world where there's so many, so many kind of people just standing up tequila yeah every every day especially tequila because it's the fastest growing um kind of the fastest growing spirits category right now and they're putting different flavors and vanillas and rectifications and and glycerins and all these different things mm -hmm. this is the purest and, and additive free cleanest tequila um on the market in our opinion so we're excited about that uh cram nutrition is doing really really well uh we're nationwide in sprouts need to get some in your your hunting yeah. packs when you're yeah, out there definitely. on the mountain those are good <laughs> they're, they're good. those are really good they're good so i'll hook you up with more of those yeah um, thank you and then speed fitness is still uh we're about to hopefully we just got a well, it's not announced yet, but we just got a, a nice capital injection from a, a big private equity firm um, mm. or another company in, this, in the fitness space. So we're going to be a competitor to the Tonal, um, similar to the Tonal. It's going to be a home home and commercial piece of um, pulley, a system. Oh, nice. Um, 2,000 pounds of resistance. So just kind of helping being being a part of these different companies where I'm not just a sponsored athlete and I yeah. pose with a photo. It's like I'm in the board meetings. I'm in the meetings. I'm going to be, we're going to, I was, uh, I'll be in Florida next week meetings with some distributors for hiatus. I'll be going to Indianapolis and this is the first week of December to meet with distributors and these different uh, culinary groups and just being in the business, you know, yeah. being, getting that, that firsthand look of what's it look like to be, I'm not the CEO or anything like that, but I, I could get to be in there with the CEO. How are these meetings happening? How do we go from point A to point B? How do we build a business? How do we raise awareness? How do we look at the bottom line, but also what's our, what's our, um, mindset and, and what we want to accomplish with each company. Yeah. That's, that's fun. I mean that, and that takes, you know, you know, you put so much effort and attention into fighting, but giving that same effort into these businesses. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Well, it's, it's all, you know, man, look where you're at today. You know, it's like if who would have thought if 
you were just a guy who was working at you know in, in Oregon and started putting on your phone and and running and lifting yeah. and running and shooting and hunting. You weren't supposed to, you weren't supposed to, to get to where you are just by doing like normal guy stuff. But mm -hmm. the relationship capital, the relationships you've had, plus the consistency and the the beacon of who you who you are, people want to be like you and people want to buy the shoes that you have and people want to drink the coffee that you drink or they want to uh do what you do right right and you just keep a darn good reputation until the platform finally continues to explode and then before you know it people are like man i want to be just like him i want to be i want to do what he does i want to yeah. you know and then and then when you can build cool businesses or have an awesome podcast and build build what you're building with with the reputation that you have you're just trying to figure this thing out called life yeah. and having fun doing it your way, not getting put into a box, mm -hmm. you know, not having people tell you what to do and how to, how to talk and how, what to wear and all these different things. It's, you do what you want to do. Yeah. No, it's a pretty well, fun thing. You've done the same. I mean, you're a household name. Trying. I mean, I just say, you know, I'm going to go train to Chandler and everybody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's I, pre I appreciate you putting me through that workout today. That was, was so fun. It was good. That was all Jeremy. Yes. Oh. He, he formulates them all. Well, I actually got a, a new program coming. I have the, uh, my fitness app as well. So we're, we're got, we're going to have him be our first trainer who's coming onto the fitness app as mm. well now. So it's gonna nice. Be, he, uh, cause I originally reached out to him cause I was like, Hey dude, you're training all these NFL guys. He trains all a bunch of high level NFL, um, receivers and D backs mainly and, um, uh, tight ends like mm. George Kittle. They do that title in, in university here in town. Um, I was like, man, you train these guys to be bigger, faster, and stronger. <clears throat> and I've always been the guy who I don't want to just lift weights. I want to yeah. be bigger, faster, and stronger yeah. and try to be more athletic. So he's, he's a, uh, he's a stud and he's fun to be around. So we, oh, he's we got a great personality. Yeah. Dude. He loves what he does, man. Another yeah, one of those guys, tell. his reputation is, is phenomenal. He's got a great, um, he's got a great passion for what he does and when you find people like that you're like i want to be connected to you dude yeah stick definitely with, stick with me man yeah i need you in my life you know well i'm i'm pretty thankful that you opened up your your home and your studio to me and you shared your gym with me this morning mm -hmm. so i appreciate your friendship mike thank you you as well man thank, thank you. you all right that's uh that's a keep hammering collective from the road take care guys mountain ops has been my go-to supplements for the past seven years my exclusive Keep Hammering line of products offers a blended protein powder, BCAs, and a pre-workout that I take every day. I also use their greens, reds, and they actually have a new hydration product called Hydrate that I use before every run. Mountain Ops has been a great partner over the years, and I especially love all they do to give back to the community. Every purchase made on the Mountain Ops website gives back to a family in need. They also give away a ton of different hunting opportunities. They even gave away an elk hunt and a deer hunt at one of my most cherished hunting spots in Utah. If you listen to the podcast, you also get 20% off by using code CAM, that's C-A-M, at www.mountainops.com. Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's know that everyone has their season. Deer season, turkey season, duck season. Every animal is a unique challenge. Every hunt, a different experience. And I count on my local Cabela store here in Springfield, Oregon to gear me up with all my hunting necessities. And you know, I like to support companies that give back to conservation. Under the leadership of founder John Morris, Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's are leading North America's largest conservation movement. Together with our partners, they're positively shaping the future of the outdoors through donations, grant writing, and advocacy. Head to their website, BassProShop.com or Cabela's.com and get geared up for your upcoming hunts.